another episode of the Fit for Life with Julie and Ross podcast. Hey team. I'm super excited for today because it is our 60th episode mm. and so we thought we would do a video for this. The topic for today's podcast is going to be tips for getting back on track after the holidays. So whether that's Easter, your birthday, a holiday away somewhere nice overseas, we wanted to give you tips to help you get back on track after that. So let's get into it. Let's start with number one. This is something Ross and I like to do and that is clearing out the temptation. So often we'll have you know friends or family over for dinners and what do we do with desserts and food after? Yeah it's real common right? Same with just had Easter uh, chocolates as well. Obviously go pretty hard on that. So one thing that we always do is try and get rid of it somehow. So, you know, offering it to other people, offering it to your neighbors, trying to encourage the people that you work to take it home, but really your environment's gonna impact your choices on a day-to-day -day basis, whether that's nutrition, whether that's, you know, anything that we're trying to work on, like your environment impacts your choices a lot. So yeah. having it in the house is not really a great idea. Definitely, so usually we'll, like Rossi, give it to others because we don't like having leftovers in the house for the next day. So ideally someone will take it home, and to be honest, Sometimes we do end up just putting it in the bin if we know it doesn't align with our goals. And someone like me that has always been taught not to waste food, that can be a real challenge when it comes to getting rid of food. So ideally I want to give it away, but if no one's going to take it and it doesn't align to my goals, I just honestly think it shouldn't be in the house. And so we're really quite strict on getting rid of the temptation to make things easier on ourselves. Yeah, I think it comes back to quality of food as, as well, right? You're not going to get rid of the quality of food that you, you know, it's good for your nutrients, it's good for your goals, or your proteins, all that sort of stuff. But if it's something like tons of chocolates or lollies or something, you know, really sugary dessert, having that in the house is, is not gonna be good for your goals. Yeah, definitely. So number two is starting off the day right. So starting off with a nutritious meal to just kind of set the tone after maybe a weekend of chocolate because it was just Easter. So for example, on you know Monday after Easter weekend or as soon as you've gotten back from a holiday, I think it's really important to make sure that you've got the groceries in the house ready to go for the week ahead. So for me, I'll usually start off with some kind of a protein and carb type breakfast, usually focused on whole foods, just so that I set the tone for the day. I'm not gonna wake up in the morning and have chocolate for breakfast. So in terms of getting back on track after say Easter or something, what do you like to do in terms of, do you have breakfast, do you fast or? Yeah, I just like to start the next day. Just get, the sooner you start to get back on track, the sooner you cut the cycle, right? Um, try not to overthink about it because sometimes like you've been dwelling on all the food <laughs> yeah. the eight day before or you know, it's been Christmas, you've had these you know, five days in a row of really dense desserts and you're overeating, you're not feeling so good about yourself at that time. Well, the easiest way to break that cycle is to start today and start, do, start doing things to get you back on track. So I'll start straight away and, and just try and forget about it and move forward and make good decisions. So, you know, have a healthy breakfast. That's what I would normally do on a, a day where I'd be training and make sure I get movement and all that sort of good stuff. Yeah, definitely. I think often lots of people feel like extremely guilty after having an excess amount of treats. I know we love our sweet stuff, but sometimes that can be worse than the actual case of eating the food. You know, like there's one thing to eat food, enjoy it and move on, but it's a whole different story if you're eating that food and then you're regretting it, you're feeling really negative, you're talking badly to yourself and you spend like the next week dwelling on it instead of just picking yourself back up and moving on. Like you're so much better off just moving forward. Yeah, yeah, I like to think we're quite solutions focused too, right? So we're getting to doing something that's gonna, I guess, help take you out of that mindset as well. You know, if you've been dwelling on it for, for two weeks and 
Um, you know, if you, maybe you go through this, but you perhaps you have, you know, hey, Christmas, New Year's, all these different things at certain times of the year where you might not be feeling so good about yourself. The best thing to do is just start doing something, something that's going to make you feel better, whether it's more movement, more exercise, um, or I guess healthy nutrition. Yeah, so that leads into number three, which is drinking plenty of water. And the reason why I say it leads into that is because when you want to get back on track, I think the most important thing is to realize like what habits do you want to get back on track with? Some of the key habits we've spoken about in our most popular podcast is our top tips for fat loss. And that includes water intake, nutrition, sleep, steps, and training. I think that's all five. Yeah, so those habits are really important. So the reason why I say drink more water is I feel that that's an easy habit that you can stick to. Mm. You really just need to take a water bottle with you. It's gonna help flush out all the food, help you feel a little bit um, possibly, I guess, better after having, if you've had a lot of sugar and carbs the days before. I feel like drinking more water just always makes me feel better from the inside out as well as helping with digestion. Yep, nothing to add on that. I'm the water queen here. I absolutely love drinking water. So number four is a focus on whole foods. So um, just give me an example of what, say, your breakfast, lunch, and dinner would be, just so other people get an idea. Yeah, on a typical day, it would be sort of rolled oats for breakfast. I add protein powder to it, some peanut butter for flavor. This typical breakfast, typical lunch would be a protein source like a chicken breast, um, usually some sort of carbohydrates like potatoes, sweet potato. Uh, we have some almonds in there, some eggs normally, combination of healthy fats, um, and then some, some carrots and some other veggies. And then so, dinner's yeah, similar. Yeah, dinner's similar. Uh, usually, yeah, potatoes, yeah. potato, chicken, <laughs> yeah. stir fried vegetables, you know, that sort of stuff. And, and that would be almost universally year-round, really. Yeah, definitely. So when it comes to focusing on whole foods, the things that Ross and I look at are we're always pretty much tracking our macros, give or take changing a few foods. So we've got our proteins, fats, and carbs with the focus on fiber in particular for me. I'm quite big on making sure I get in enough fiber and kind of like the 25 to 30 gram range per day. Helps with digestion, helps with bloating. I also help find it helps me with satiation as well. Um, so really focusing on whole foods. I do find that sometimes the more sweet stuff I have, like after Easter, the more I crave it. Like after something such as Easter, I feel I'm just looking for chocolate. And that's when changing your environment can really make a difference. Because if you haven't got the chocolate there to eat, you can't eat it. Yeah, and if it is there, what are you probably going to do? You're probably going to pick at it, right? Even if, no matter how good your willpower is, no matter how much you're trying, you've had two days of Easter, and you want to get back on track, but the chocolate's there, what are you going to do? Probably eat the chocolate. Yeah, definitely. Okay, next up we have planning your meals. So I think this is kind of important for anyone that wants to achieve any kind of fitness goal. You really can't just go into the day expecting to hit your macros by winging it. Like I do think it's really important that you have a rough idea of what you're going to eat, whether it's the same thing that you eat most days, or whether it's that you meal prep the night before and you've got it there, or you meal prep on the Sunday after Easter festivities, and then you've got it good to go for the week ahead. I think planning meals is a really good way to stay on track. Yeah, and for any goal, right? Like if you're, if you're struggling to grasp the concept of how planning would help your nutrition goals, just think about, you know, how have you got success in your own life already? Like how did you get to your, um, you know, your career level, for example? Was it just randomly or did you have a plan? You probably had some sort of really strategic plan, targets that had all these different stuff. It's the same with nutrition, you need a plan to be successful. Yeah, definitely. I think I kind of sometimes think of it like if you get into a car 
and you know where you want to go but you don't know how to get there you're not going to get there and if anyone is as bad as i am in a car with directions without google maps i'm lost so i guess like a meal plan or a training plan with a coach such as myself is kind of like your google maps to getting your goal so meal planning is super important as is planning your whole week out so knowing when you're going to go to the gym in the week or if you're going to work out at home what you're going to eat when you're going to eat so that you can make sure you've got this plan to achieve your goals cool um that kind of ties in nicely to number six which is about portion control so if you're tracking macros your portions are kind of controlled already and that obviously you've got to weigh your food so that you can hit certain um, goals if someone is not tracking what's a good way for people to kind of measure their portions uh, it's, it's tough right because it, you don't really know um uh, I put Russ on the spot. Yeah, yeah, it's true though. You, you don't really know, and it's hard because your your body gets used to what you give it, right? So if you're always overreading, your body's getting used to that overreading, so it's always going to be hungry at that level, which doesn't necessarily mean it's your, your portions that you actually need. So I I, I, I don't know. Um, I know what my body needs specifically because I've done track. I've tracked macros before. I don't really track them anymore, but like I know what portion sizes I need to maintain my weight, to gain weight, to lose, you know, body fat, all this sort of stuff. Uh, but if you've never done that before, I honestly don't know how, how you would know exactly what your body needs. Exactly. So this, I wanted to put Russ a little bit on the spot because it kind of doesn't give you the chance to think of a bulletproof answer for that. But I think it's really important that you say that because in order to understand how much your body needs to lose fat, maintain weight, or build muscle, like how would you actually know unless you'd spent time, like both of us have, weighing our foods, tracking so that you understand. And a lot of people that want to get back on track or want to lose fat in their fitness journeys have never done that before. They've never tracked calories. They have no idea the right portions that they should be eating for their goals. So they're essentially winging it. And then when they don't get the results, even though they're working out, they wonder why. So People will ask, do I have to track calories forever? No, you don't. Like Ross just said, he doesn't always track his calories, but you could maintain without doing that. I feel like both of us could maintain even without weighing our food because we're that good with our ionometer. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I, I barely weigh anything anymore. <laughs> yeah. I don't really track macros. Like I know, I know if I have a couple of chicken breasts in a day, I have a couple of scoops of protein. I've met my protein goals quite easily. Um, you know, if, if I'm a little bit under, a little bit over, it doesn't really matter to me uh, because like I maintain my weight, so I'm obviously at maintenance calories. And if you really don't want to track macros or you don't weigh portions, that would be the other way to find out is trial and error. So it'd probably take a little bit longer to be honest, but you know, you would have to get a get an average of your of your weight. And if you want to lose weight, then you'd have to start reducing portion sizes of what you currently ate. And you know, if you wanted to gain muscle, you'd have to eat a bit more than you currently ate, and you'd track it that way, and it'd be more, more guess, more guessing game, really. Yeah, and I think that's just really inaccurate. And most people, in order to stick to something, they want to see results, they want to feel results. So if you're kind of trialing an error, you're not really going to get the results that you want and you can't adjust it as easily. So for example, if someone's working with me and I tell them how many calories and macros they should be having and they're not sticking to it and then say I reduce their calories because they're not getting the results but they're still not sticking to it, it's literally guessing. Like if you go to a coach and if you get a proper plan in place, you actually need to do what they're like saying to do. So if I give you 1800 calories and you're only eating 14 or 1500 calories, you're not doing what I said that I can't progress you from there. So I think, um, it's 
all in all, you know, if you want to do it by yourself, you could try that. If you're getting the results that you want, cool. Could keep doing what you're doing. If you're not getting the results that you want, that's where, you know, getting a coach comes into place. And then when you do get a coach, it's super important that you actually do what they say. And I mean, that's a whole podcast in itself we'll have to do. Okay, moving on to number seven, reduce sugar and alcohol intake. So this is a different one. I didn't actually tell Russ what the <laughs> topics were before going into this podcast, but um, when it comes to sugar and alcohol intake, I'm not saying that sugar or alcohol is bad for us, but I do, like I said, find that the more, I guess, sweets I have, sometimes the more I want them. And the reason why I say cutting back alcohol is mainly because it is kind of an empty calorie, right? Like it doesn't nourish us in any way. It doesn't help satiate us. And I just personally don't think it adds to anything if your goal is fat loss. But I know that Ross... Um, like you sometimes like alcohol. So how do you make that fit into your lifestyle? Yeah, like I, I love a red wine, I love a beer. Um, but yeah, like Angelie said, it has no nutritional value at all, at all. You know, people try and sell red wine as you know, being healthy for you, but, but actually any drink increases your risk of a, a whole range of different diseases, no matter you know, who you are. Uh, but I just fit it in by having it in very you know, moderate level. So I don't have it that often maybe a couple of weekends a month, depending on if we're having lots of friends over and things like that. And I kind of treat it the same way I treat you know, Easter and Christmas and stuff like that. If we have a meal or there's alcohol, I don't really worry about it too much. The next day I get straight back on track and make sure that the other 99% of the time, my actions align with what I want to achieve. So that's really, I guess if you want to include alcohol, that's kind of the way you need to think about it is, is, is um, you know, helping the rest of your you know, your life and the habits that you do along with your goals and and try and moderate it to limited times, not not every night of the week, not multiple times in a week, not really big binges all the time. It's just little bits here and there as part of, I guess, a, a lifestyle. Understanding that it doesn't, you know, if your goal is fat loss, it doesn't align with that. And if you're adding in alcohol, it is adding in extra calories. And, you know, if you're not achieving your fat loss goals and you're including lots of alcohol, and then that's probably why. Yeah, I mean, some people could lose weight just by cutting back the alcohol and swapping it up for, you know, zero calorie drinks instead. Um, especially if they are binge drinkers or people that consume a lot of alcohol in New Zealand and Australia. Obviously, there's a big drinking culture, whereas some places overseas, you know, their drinking culture might be a little bit less. But Yeah, and, and even if you're not a big drinker, right? Though, like, even if you're having three glasses or two glasses of wine three or four times a week, you're still perhaps adding maybe a full day's worth of calories on top of what you're eating and it's not filling you up and it's not satiating you and all these different things. And if you just cut that out, you've eliminated a whole bunch of calories that you actually didn't even need. Yeah, and if you're anyone like me that likes a good cocktail, finding out that a pina colada cocktail could easily be 500 calories is an absolute killer of ever wanting a pina colada again. So. Yeah, the other thing just quickly on our alcohol before we move on is yeah. that you know, often people will choose the low carb varieties and all these different things. Well, yes, they have slightly less carbs than another type of beer, as an example, and the calories might be slightly less. What actually gives the majority of the alcohol its calories is the percent of the alcohol, which is actually in the drink. So if you're looking to lower the calorie content of an alcoholic beverage, you need to choose a lighter alcohol level. Uh, for example, a light beer is going to be less calories than a low carb beer. Ah, awesome, that's a great tip. As I don't really drink alcohol pretty much ever really, um, I didn't actually know a lot about that, so that's good. We're 
I'm learning. Okay, awesome. That's kind of all the tips for getting back on track after having a little blip in the radar. I think one of the most important things is to honestly recognize that it's what we do consistently ongoing that matters more than what we do every once in a while. Like there are going to be, you know, your birthday, Christmas, Easter, New Year's, all these different events across a year, but it's what you do for, you know, the remaining 98% of the year and long term. Like anyone can stick to their nutrition for say a week, but if you go back to what you were doing before, week after week after week, you're never gonna achieve the goals that you set for yourself. So I do think, you know, if you ever fall off track for whatever reason, whether it's for a day or two, just make sure you get back on track. Don't beat yourself up over it. Reflect on what happened, why it happened, and how you can be better the next time. So for example, if you went to a family dinner and you had set out to not have any nibbles before and not touch the chocolates before dinner, but you ended up touching them all before, what can you do better next time? For me personally, I'll sit on a low calorie drink and wait till dessert after dinner so that I can focus on the main meal instead of just filling myself up before dinner even comes out. So yeah, just remember to be consistent, be patient and stick to all your habits. Get back on track as soon as you fall off, if you happen to fall off, which most people do on their fitness journeys because it's a little bit of a roller coaster sometimes. So yeah, do you have anything else to add? No, I'll just echo that, that movement generates momentum, right? So. You know, sometimes we do fall off track and we feel a bit bad about it. And I know I've worked with people and I know you've probably worked with people as well, Angelique, where, you know, they've had Christmas or have these occasions and it's been a couple of weeks and they're just not sure where to, where to start again. Maybe they're, they're lacking motivation or, or things like that. It, it, it definitely is hard, but try and get out of your own way and, and just focus on one thing to generate mo momentum again, because that's what it's about, right? Pick one thing, pick something that's really easy for you to start, like drinking more water, feel, feel good about that. Then add the next thing in, whether that's having a healthy meal on a day-to-day -day basis, and then try and build on that and build on that. Yeah, I think adding up all those small habits will make a big difference. Awesome, good one. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch you in the next one. See you in the next one.